Hi, this is Roy Worley. Welcome to the interview show that brings on guests from all walks of life. Yeah, it's here that they tell their stories and delve a little deeper into their lives to see what got them where they are. So grab a drink, have a seat, and relax, because this is The Leo Effect. When was the last time a short movie shook your emotions to the core? When was the last time a short movie caused you to rethink everything you stood for? When was the last time a short movie made you proud to be an American? When was the last time you felt the emotion to stand up and cheer after a short movie? The new short movie, I've Got Your Six, written and directed by Bill Foster, one of the industry's newest and fastest climbing directors, will answer all of those questions. Rarely has there been so much packed into a short movie that when you leave, you'll feel more proud of our American military veterans. A movie that was cast only with American military veterans will have you on the edge of your seat, cheering for our veterans and what makes America great. I've Got Your Six will be hitting the film festival scene soon. Be prepared to drop what you're doing and go see this powerful movie when it comes to your area. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of The Leo Effects. Uh, today, or in this particular interview, I am joined by someone that I've been waiting to do since I talked to her at the beginning of the month. This is going to be a great one. Her name is Kristen Van Nest. How are you, ma'am? Good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well myself. So I think we'll just jump right on into this and, and get this ball a rolling. Uh, what is it that you feel you might be uh, most known for, or what is it that you do? Yeah, so I'm a comedian. I'm a writer, actor, director. And so I'm most known for, I was a lead actress on the Chunky Zeta on Amazon Prime. And I've also been on BuzzFeed. And I run the writer's room for a YouTube channel called Night Pants. And we shoot at the YouTube space here in L.A., um, so all the comedy stuff. I also do funny characters on Instagram and Twitter. So I have a following on both of those channels for, um, the funny characters I do. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what I'm known for is all the comedy stuff <laughs> across the board. <laughs> all right. There we go. All the comedy stuff. <laughs> you started yeah. listing off things, comedian, writer, actor, director. And I'm thinking, Oh Jesus, is there anything you don't do? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so what what it was it that you did on BuzzFeed? Um, I did. So I've done their videos. I was in one like, uh, can you guess who's drunk? So they brought us over and uh, basically you don't, all of us are there, but none of us know who has been asked to drink before they shoot the video. Uh. So in the video, you have to guess which one of us is drunk. I was not the drunk person. And all of us got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but that's what I love about BuzzFeed is they do like really great relatable videos. Like um, my friend was in another one where they hired like former theater teachers to play charades and stuff like that. So I kind of love like, they just have stuff that's relatable. It's like, okay, I know that person. Or like, I've been in that situation where, you know, I'm like, is my friend really drunk or are they just having a good time? Right, <laughs> and yeah. kind of trying to figure out which it is. That's awesome. So I have a question that I've kind of been wondering. I, I'm a huge fan of the BuzzFeed videos. Uh, some of that stuff is just, it cracks me up, especially when you're trying like snacks from foreign countries and things. Um, 
<laughs> when you go in for those, do you know what that particular filming is going to be? Or do they just say, all right, show up and it'll be a surprise? Yeah, so you know what the filming is going to be. So they, they'll, like, look specifically for for people who have, like, a specific background or whatever it is. So, like, for trying snacks from foreign countries, they'll be like, hey, we're looking for a British person to try American snacks. Okay. Um, yeah, so they'll they'll look for like specifically people who fit the criteria, but that's all. That's the only information you know. You don't know like what snacks you're gonna try. Or in my case, it was like they had us do Jenga and they had us walk the line and stuff like that. Do the alphabet backwards. So that kind of stuff I didn't know till I got there. So you can't like prep in advance. You just know the general topic you'll be you'll okay. be covering. That's what I was wondering. Like so. Uh, it- most of the time it seems very improv and I'm like, man, I, do they know what they're getting themselves into? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're, I mean, you're going in pretty blind, but just generally yeah, you have an idea. That's cool. And you had said that you were also the lead actress in Chunky Zeta. What, I mean, for, for the listener's sake, what, what's that about? Um, okay. So it's the premise is, um, the lead character is actually a man in his 50s, uh, but he, in the show, plays a hot sorority girl. So oh. basically the show is like, it's like a dark comedy, but it's these sorority girls who like prioritize, prioritize being in a sorority over everything else. So, you know, like one of their friends like uses a hairdryer and dies and it's like, oh, okay, whatever, like they're just very like kind of these narcissistic characters who like are only focused, like the most important thing to them is being popular in their sorority. So I played the nerdy sorority girl. Um, So I had like glasses and, uh, and was kind of the one that like solved all the problems. Um, You know, like the, the kind of show that all the, the characters are like a little ditzy and like all they care about is like, Oh, I want to make out with this guy, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. And I'm the one that's like, Oh yeah, we have to figure this out. Like maybe we should try and do it. No. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I was in that. Um, and that's fun. And then, as I said, I also run the writer's room for a YouTube channel. And for that, I also write act direct. Um, so I'll have a sketch coming out soon. Um, which I don't want to spoiler it, but it's a, it's about a woman from Long Island. Um, and so I wear like a huge wig and have, you know, I tried to tan myself so I could get that nice Long Island orange going. Um, (laughs) but I'm so, I'm so pale naturally that I, I heading up to the shoot, I like put tanning stuff on myself three times and I'm still kind of just like a mild tan. Oh, (laughs) Um, yeah, but uh, that's coming out. And then another one I wrote, acted, and directed. Um, it's a parody of the show Intervention. Have you ever seen that show? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So mine, the parody is, um, and you can check it out on YouTube. It's called uh, it's called uh, Bernie Bro. Um, the 2020 election is tearing this family apart. And uh, <laughs> oh, <my>. it's basically... <laughs> Yeah, it's this guy who can't stop talking about Bernie Sanders. And so his family has an intervention where they're just like, please stop talking about Bernie. Um, 
but it's just for me it's not making fun of bernie sanders or bernie's followers it's more focused on the fact that like you know we all know those people where like they only talk about politics and especially right now it's like okay, we get it 24-7. We don't need you to keep talking about it, you know? Like, <laughs> there are other things you can talk about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are there? <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah, basically the videos are me just being like, can you just stop talking about politics for five minutes, please? <laughs> <laughs> and so, of those things, because I'm guessing with, you know, like BuzzFeed, you're you're sitting on a set and obviously, you know, with the Chunky Zeta, you're on a set probably. Um, and this one coming out, I'm guessing that's more of not so much on a set. Um, so those we shoot like so for YouTube videos, it's usually with I'm in. So Night Pants is kind of like it's a collective of collective collective, I can't say the word, collective <laughs> of people who just love making funny stuff. So oh, okay. it's very much like an experiment. For us, it's very much like a, a place to experiment and build our skills as filmmakers. Um, so as a channel, it's like all different types of comedy videos because it's very different writers, actors, and directors. We like I run the writer's room, you know, as long as a sketch is approved, anyone can shoot their sketch. So we try to keep it kind of open-ended so that people can experiment. Um, so with that, it is, it's more low budget than obviously than Buzzfeed has. Um, <laughs> so we'll shoot in like people's apartments. It's like a little more gorilla style. We'll shoot in people's apartments. We'll shoot in like a park, you know, it's very much like trying to like, okay, what do we have realistically? And that's one of the hard things when you're making like funny videos is like, okay, well, I want it to be in six locations, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, hold up, uh, that's too expensive. Okay. <laughs> you have to consider the budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so actually the, like, yeah, so both of those, the Bernie Bro one and the one that's coming out, we found an apartment that we shot in and then, for the Bernie Bro one, since it's based on intervention, we designed it like you would see um, in their show, which I've never thought about when you watch reality shows, kind of what the background is. But the DPs I work with travel around the country working on, on what reality shows are called unscripted on these shows. And so they like have the right eye. And we watched a ton of episodes of uh, intervention and, um, the next one, not to be a spoiler, will be on Marie Kondo. Um, okay. And when you look, like, they all have kind of, like, these similar backgrounds for at least, in Marie Kondo's case, there's specific scenes with her, and she sits in a sofa, and it's, like, a very clean room. Um, and at Intervention, they do them all in, like, these kind of, like, dreary basement hotel rooms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> so, yeah, so you, like, if you don't really think about it when you're watching the show, obviously, because something really serious has happened and you're focused on that. Mm -hmm. um, but you'll see they, like, frame, the, there's, like, two, there's always, like, two plants on either side of the family. And then, like, it's always, like, very minimal furniture and stuff like that. And I never really thought about the backgrounds of those shows, but, you know, there's so much that goes into every show, even if it's like a reality show that's improvised and they're trying to pull it together in the middle, you know, in the middle of the U.S. somewhere. 
um, they, they, they really put a lot of thought into every piece of what they're doing. Wow. All right. Didn't think it was that deep, but that, that's impressive. Not to, uh, not to nerd out on, on like reality TV background props, but I'm like, no. oh, wow, I never thought about this. Yeah. <laughs> it really is one of those things you go, oh, huh, yeah, guess you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so it seems like comedy is kind of your forte here. And it, it if, if memory serves correctly, um, you, you started off comedy in Shanghai? Yeah, so I actually started in China. Um, I was living there working in marketing. And I worked in marketing for oh, in the wine industry. Um, so I traveled all over China hosting wine dinners because, you know, they don't like drinking wine isn't part of their culture like it is in the U.S. So a lot of times when you're trying to sell wine in the country, it's like introducing wine people to wine for the first time or it's the, the first time they've ever been to a wine dinner or like, you know, a wine tasting. I so see. that was part of my job. So I would like travel all over and then someone was like, you connect with people through humor. And I was like, I do? And they're like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Um, so I kind of realized, oh, okay, this is something I guess, I guess I'm kind of good at it. I should probably try it. Um, and a bunch of my friends from high school were all doing improv in New York City. Like, just like a weird and like significant number of my friends all are in comedy. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll try it. And Shanghai surprise has an improv school and oh. it has two yeah there's an improv school there and it has two com like stand-up clubs so i started doing stand-up and improv um and i just kind of like loved it you know there's like such a, an adrenaline rush when you get up on stage mm -hmm. and i was like oh i love this kind of like adrenaline rush of being on stage and kind of having to figure out oh, the audience didn't like that joke. Maybe I tried this joke. It's very much like a on-the-spot, on the high-stress problem-solving, which <laughs> I guess I, it's a little masochistic. Masochist, I don't know how to say that word, masochistic. Yeah, <laughs> But go. I just, like, I, yeah, I, like, love kind of that. And so it's, um, yeah, I feel like anyone in comedy has, like, oh, it's, like, very, I mean, you're basically, like, torturing yourself in a way, putting yourself in these high-stretch situations, but um, I love it. It's so fun. That's awesome. Like, I couldn't imagine that, how that would feel standing up there in front of everybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you switched over from um, doing the marketing thing to, you know, moving into, I'm, I'm assuming that you do this this comedy full time now, right? Yeah. So I do. Um, yeah. So I run the YouTube channel and then, um, I also do like, you know, Buzzfeed and kind of like one-off things. I also write a lot of comedy. So I've been published in a lot of, um, comedic journals like McSweeney's, Blackjaw, Robot Butt, um, Weekly Humorous. These are all like online comedy publications that write funny articles about what's going on in the news or just life in general. So I've been published in those and literary reviews. And then I've written uh, personal essays, like comedic personal essays. So one of them went kind of viral on a medium, a medium publication called Humongous. Mm -hmm. um, and the story is um, 
it's what if you are trapped on a 13-hour flight next to your online dating internet troll. Um, and it's about this, it's a true story uh, about how uh, this guy messaged me online on a dating website. This is while I was living in China. And he lived really far away. So I, he lived in like, um, maybe like Greenwich to New York City. Oh, okay. So I didn't message him. I didn't message him back. And so he messaged me again and was like, by the way, don't flatter yourself. You're not that pretty anyway. Oh, my. So, yeah. So I was like, oh, my God. I was so upset. You know, I it was just like, for me, it's like you shouldn't talk to people that way. That's just a mean way of talking to anyone. You just, I mean, it's not normal for people to say that to someone else. Yeah. So flash forward a couple months later, and I'm getting on a flight that transferred through Chicago to go back to Shanghai. There's 200 people on this flight. And guess who's sitting in the seat next to mine? What? Him. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the universe just decided to play a little trick on me. So it was a 13-hour flight. And at first I wasn't sure. I was like, you know, we'd never met in person. So I was like, why do I know this person? There's something weirdly familiar about them, but I don't know what it is. And then he opened his laptop and his little, you know, the little circle in a Mac of like your user profile. Yeah. It was the same picture as on the dating profile. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's the same person. So then I'm like, (laughs) do I address it? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, do I address it? I'm, I'm stuck next to this person. I can't. If like if I start a fight with him, I can't leave. You know, I got to stay in this one seat that is assigned to me and on my plane ticket. <laughs> so I just kind of like, but so is he chatted with him. Yeah, I think he knew, too, because then he started asking me about like dating in Shanghai and what it was like. And um, he was like going through his Kindle and there were like lots of books on like dating advice. And I was like, he needs those because just be a nice person. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to be mean to people. Um, So anyway, uh, I got off. We never addressed it. But when I got off the plane, I was like, I'm messaging, you know, like angry texting my friends like, oh, how am I going to get it? Like, (laughs) um, and so I had a plan that like if if he reached out to me. We would get dinner, and then at dinner I'd be like, yeah, well, this one person just said this really mean thing to me, and just kind of, like, bring it up that way. But he never messaged me, so I didn't get to fully seek my revenge. I just got to write an article about it on the Internet. (laughs) (laughs) Six of one, half a dozen the other. (laughs) That's awesome. That's great. Uh, So when you switched from marketing – to being a comedian, did you have a lot of support or did people think you were crazy? Um, you know, my, uh, I think most people were pretty supportive because when I moved to China, I was just like, Hey guys, I'm going to move to China. And everyone was (laughs) like, wait, what? And I was like, yeah, like, you know, I'm just not ready to, I, I had done a Fulbright in Luxembourg. So I'd already, they'd already done the like, okay, Kristen's moving to Luxembourg. Then I come back and I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to move to China. And they're like, what? Like, you've never been there. You don't speak Chinese. What? So um, luckily that turned out well because I was able to work for the wine company and and set up over there. So when I was like, oh, I'm going to switch to comedy, most people that I knew were like, oh, like Kristen just does what she wants and figures stuff out. So I think they weren't as 
um, maybe like, I, I think they weren't as discouraging because they were like, you know what? She always figures out whatever she does and she always does crazy random things. So <laughs> it's, it's not really surprising for her to do that. And like, you know, she'll, she, she's realistic. So I think I'm very fortunate. Um, I think a lot of creatives talk about kind of not having support. My mother is also a painter and my grandmother's a photographer. So I grew up in a very creative family. So like one side of my family is very creative and the other side is very like business savvy. So the business, you know, growing up, I'd be like, no, instead of taking art, you know, in high school, I'd be like, no, instead of taking art, I'm going to take Spanish because I want to learn another language. And like the business side would be like, yeah, learning practical skills. Very good. And the creative side would be like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. you need to exercise your creativity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, it's, so I have kind of like both sides in my family. Um, so the, definitely the business side was like a little, like when I moved back, they were like, you should get an MBA. And I was like, Oh, I don't really want to spend more money on education. Instead, I'm going to go to improv school, which is spending money on something that'll pay me less. So that's not a rational thought, (laughs) but they're like, okay, you just do that. (laughs) Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I'm fortunate. You, um, you hear a lot of stories about people not being supported by their families or, um, I think I've just always been that like black sheep that does my own thing. So people weren't, aren't surprised when I do something new, they're like, okay, she's going to do it. And they know that if they tell me I shouldn't do it, that I I will just ignore them. So <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so who would do, would you say that you have um, a particular inspiration that you kind of aspire to be like? Oh yeah, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Have you seen Fleabag? I have not. Oh, it's an amazing show. It won a bunch of awards this year. It's British. It's on Amazon Prime. Everyone should check it out. Um, but she's a writer, actor, director, and she, she's in the comedy space. Um, and she does a great job of like making really real characters. And in her case, she grew up Catholic and it's kind of like her understanding her values as a Catholic. Um, um, but it's very, very funny. And so she writes X directs. I mean, Aziz Ansari with Master of None would be another show that I really, really love. Um, Amy Schumer has also Trainwreck is an amazing film. Yes. There's a lot of like comedy. Like I feel like comedy connects people to humanity and a common human experience. And with comedy, like you know, in everyday life you might be having conversations with people and when you disagree, people kind of shut down. They don't really want to keep discussing something Mm -hmm. um, because it makes them feel uncomfortable and they have a different view than you and they might not want your view. My view is that with comedy, it kind of opens the door where people feel comfortable discussing things because they're laughing that if you were having a serious conversation, they might not be as open to So I really like it because it just creates dialogues and kind of it's really a reflection on our society. And I think that's something that's always healthy for any society to kind of be like, hmm, what's good and what's bad about our values, our identity? Um, And also, what do we all have in common? 
Um, so I feel like for me, comedy does that. And, and I'd love to, my goal, my end goal is to get really into screenwriting and, um, and write, um, kind of nonfiction about my travels. Um, but that's more on the kind of authorship side of things. Um, but those are kind of like my end goals because I kind of want, I love to, I just feel like comedy helps is like healing for a society and for individuals to be like, Hey, you know what? This thing that happened to you, you're not alone mm-hmm. and it yeah. hurts, but like we, we all overcome it. Right. That's awesome. That's a beautiful way of putting that. It kind of, you know, coming back to a lighter note after that. <clears throat> no just play um i do i'm kind of interested to know do you obviously with everything you've got going on you're an extremely busy woman do you have any hobbies (laughs) that you try to do to keep yourself sane through all of this Uh, um i mean i watch a lot of tv and just like it's hard to say hobbies because comedy is what i do but it's also kind of a hobby um that's fair in that, like, it's what I love doing. So, like, I was traveling with my brother recently, and we were at some temple, and I was, you know, politely not bothering people, like, making a funny video. And he was like, Kristen, put your phone away. And I'm like, Nick, this is, like, this is me enjoying myself. Like, this is fun for me. Um, so I feel like kind of, like, the hobby side of things is um, – is like comedy is a lot of that. And I've done a lot of travel in my life. I've been to over 40 cities. I lived in Shanghai for three and a half years. I lived in Luxembourg for a year as a Fulbright scholar in high school. I, and in college, I lived in Paris, um, for, for brief periods. So, um, I've done a ton of travel and I, I'm definitely in a phase where I'm kind of more settling down you know like I don't need to be in a new country every month (laughs) (laughs) so I've been doing less travel than I've done in the past and people always like oh you love travel and I'm like yes I do love travel just not right now (laughs) right right um so I kind of like I I very intentionally try to kind of stay in LA um it's also important when you're a performer so that you're here for your agents because you have to be here for auditions um and so I can't travel as much because I need to be ready um, for auditions. That's wow. <laughs> I don't even have words. Like you just, you're all over the place. I don't know how you do it, how you manage it all. <laughs> but I, I do have one more question as, as we're getting up towards the 30 minute mark here. I, I saw it on your bio and I just got to ask, what is the Upright Citizens Brigade? Oh, yeah. So this is an, it's a comedy school. It's an improv school that was founded by um, Amy Poehler, Matt Besser, Matt Walsh, and, oh, don't tell anyone I forgot the last person's name. Um, <laughs> I don't will tell only let them hear it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so Amy Poehler, as you know, who's been on SNL, um, she is one of the founders of the school. And then Matt Walsh, he was the um, communications director on the show Veep. Um, And Matt Besser has a podcast, Improv for Humans. Um, So basically, back in the day, 
there is the school I.O. in Chicago. And then back in the day, they founded a school in New York where people could do improv. And now the school is both in New York and Los Angeles. So it's very much a training ground. A lot of the comedians that you see on SNL or late night shows or on TV have all trained at that school. There's kind of like in LA, there's Groundlings and UCB are the main ones. Um, so yeah, it's a school that kind of like teaches you how to do improv. I gotcha. That's cool. All right. I saw it on there. It's like, I got to ask about that. I want to know what this is all about. (laughs) It sounds like a cult. Maybe it is a little bit of a cult. (laughs) Uh, I kind of figured it was like a, um, like a comedy troupe, you know, if if that's still a word anymore, I'm not sure that that may have went out back in the 1800s, you know, (laughs) we actually had a discussion with a team I was on. We were like, is troop still a word people use? We're like, I don't know. I mean, it is like a comedy troupe, <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> but that word's also so old. I don't know. <laughs> right? You got to blow the dust off that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. So you know, we're we're drawing up to the end here, and I I definitely want people to know where they can go to follow you, like what kind of social medias you have. So if you would uh, be so kind as to let them know at this point, that'd be great. Yeah, so my social is uh, at Kristen Van Neft, my name, K-R-I-S-T-E-N-V-A-N-M-E-F-T. And I am on Twitter and Instagram. And with both of those, I have a following. And every week I put funny characters up there. And I also put links to funny articles I've written, um, as well as like sketches, like the sketch I have coming out, the Long Island Marie Kondo. so all of those go on my uh, Twitter and Instagram. So if you if you like to laugh, uh, hopefully, and you like this conversation, that's definitely the place to check out my stuff. And, um, you know, I'm just trying to make people laugh. That's, that's, I get joy out of that. So that's kind of what I do online. I love it. That's awesome. And so, you know, definitely go and check all that stuff out for sure. And check out all of the other goodies that I'm going to put links to in the description of this podcast. So, you know, click on those, check them out, make sure that you get familiarized. It's all good stuff. And, uh, you know, I just want to say thank you so much, Kristen, for coming on the show and gracing me with your presence. Thanks for having me. This has been really fun. I'm glad. I'm glad. I had a a lot of good laughs and you told some awesome stories. And, you know, if uh, we can help you figure out where where that guy is right now, maybe we can still seek that revenge. <laughs> <laughs> Always searching my entire life. I will find him. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm kidding. That's awesome. I, I've had a really good right. time with this conversation. Thank you so much. And thank you to the listeners who tuned in to check this out. I really hope you laughed as well. And, you know, if your sides are hurting, uh, well, that's on you. But thanks a lot, and we will see you next time. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, creatures of all ages, what an amazing show. Thank you for lending an ear and joining us. I'm the host, Ray Rumsey. And if you want to hear more interviews, simply head to anywhere podcasts are heard, Facebook or Twitter, and search the leo effects with an a not an e if you'd like to hear me doing silly voices and making a general fool of myself head over to shattered dungeons on youtube facebook and twitter we live stream every tuesday night more projects are in the works for now stay tuned for more interviews 
To book yourself as a guest, you can head to theleoeffects.wixsite.com slash podcast or send me an email at theleoeffects at gmail.com. Remember, this has been The Leo Effects, and great shows require great listeners just like you. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.